if you ask them sort of deep theological questions, was Jesus sinless? This is what the pop Christian will do. You'll notice them. And this is a key moment. Was he, was Jesus without sin? They go. And they think to themselves, not what does scripture say, but they think, huh, the version of Jesus that I have made up in my head was he was that. No, I, th I think, I think he wasn't perfect. You know, no one's perfect. Maybe they'll say that because their theology is kind of getting made up on the spot. Yeah, well, when me and Alan were brainstorming, like what groups to discuss, which groups we might want to talk about, the one that I thought I'm the most worried about, but it's hardest to define is what I will just call, I'm going to give it a name. Okay, it doesn't have a name. I'm going to give it a name, but you'll know what I mean. Pop Christianity. Okay, so pop Christianity is when I describe it, what I mean is it claims to be Christian, but it only borrows pieces from Christianity, usually to, to like have a Christian veneer so that it might have a sense of of um, authority in the beliefs and in the things that are being said, but it's more shaped by culture and personal preference than any kind of actual commitment to the true Jesus. So pop Christianity or popular Christianity, I think is a much more pervasive problem than any of the groups we've mentioned so far. I really do. I think that this is, this is the person you talk to and you're like, man, I want you to, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus. And they're like, oh yeah, I do. And you're thinking, why do they think that? <laughs> They're like, they, you know, they they didn't. So it's hard to define, but they deny central things about Christ. They make up on the spot what they mean by religious claims. I'll give you some examples. If if you were to ask, here's a great question back from the '90s, right? What would Jesus do? Which I think is a is a good question to ask. I think it's it's a thoughtful thing to be like, hey, what would Jesus do? But if you were to ask this of a pop Christian, they would not consult Scripture in the Word of God to think. Here's Jesus. Here's what he was like. Here's what he did. Now let me try to think how Jesus might respond in this situation. Instead, they'll con they'll consult this like cartoony image of Jesus where he's like half Indian yogi, half new age guru, half um you know, rich uncle. <laughs> he's like all of these things and I guess that's three halves. But anyway, the point is they're not going to consult scripture. They're going to consult culture, feelings, and maybe a few verses out of context. The pop Christian knows that Jesus says, don't judge, but he has no idea what Jesus meant by that. He's never read Matthew 7 beyond just the first verse. Um, he knows that Jesus is really always on your side. Always on your side. Which is a nonsense thing to say. Because anyone who is literally always on your side must have no moral commitments whatsoever because no matter what you do, they support you. That's a little scary, actually. Jesus is always ready to tell those religious Christians to be quiet, but everybody else, Jesus loves and embraces and accepts. This is not a Jesus of the Bible. This is the Jesus of pop Christianity. And it, and it, it breaks my heart because I don't actually know. When it comes to advice, I don't have a lot of good advice here because I'm not really sure how to reach somebody who's um, so confident that they know who Jesus is, but they've spent so little time trying to find out who Jesus is. And so you have to kind of like shake them up and make them realize like, you don't actually know the Jesus you're talking about. Jesus is a shape changer. He's kind of a Buddhist. He's kind of new age. He's kind of everything. It's the Oprah Jesus, right? Jesus who agrees with Oprah's theology and thinks, you know, law of attraction, you know, that's kind of like a Jesus thing too. And didn't all the teachers kind of teach the same thing? And Jesus and Jesus and um, and Buddha would get along great and they would just agree on all things. Um, that kind of attitude, it sounds good and it feels like it builds bridges, right? Because we're sort of like, man, I'm a Christian, but I don't judge. I'm a Christian, but, I, but I'm not exclusive. I'm not saying Jesus is the only way or something like that because I'm a Christian, but I'm not like those mean religious Christians. 
who actually hold to what Jesus said, right? I'm a Christian who says Jesus, but what I mean is Oprah. <laughs> what I mean is somebody else. I'm not trying to rip on Oprah, but she has publicly proclaimed her, her strange religious views. And I think that they agree with a lot of what I would consider pop Christianity. Um, pop Christianity, the person who's a pop Christian in my view, and I, Alan, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how I'm unpacking this. Maybe you'll you'll look at it differently and that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. But I would say that they, they look at Jesus with a lot of sentimentality. Jesus is a sentimental figure. Um, they might actually get very passionate about Jesus even, but they don't actually look at him deeply. So he's his teachings are unknown. They've probably never read through the Sermon on the Mount like carefully. They've just sort of casually maybe looked at a few things here and there. They they don't know the things that Jesus actually taught. Like when, when what Jesus taught about judgment, they probably aren't aware of that or that Jesus talked more about hell than anybody else in the Bible. Um, they understand that the truth will set you free. There's a Jesus phrase. I like that one. The truth will set you free in it. But in their mouth, it's, it's a phrase that could be applied to anything, whereas Jesus was talking about something very specific. It was very important. They will say they're Christians, but they're going to go consult their ast astrological calendar. They're going to go get a psychic reading. They're going to have sex before marriage, and they don't feel like there's anything weird about that because you got to test drive the car before you buy it. They're going to believe in the law of attraction. They think Jesus is their life coach. Church is meant to be a consumer experience that does something for them and they pretty much judge church based upon how well this stage environment makes me feel good so that i might go about my life and they don't really don't really know that church is about something more and better than all that not that it never does that but that's just not the point if you ask them sort of deep theological questions was jesus sinless this is what the pop christian will do you'll notice them and this is a key moment was he was jesus without sin they go and they think to themselves, not what does scripture say, but they think, huh, the version of Jesus that I have made up in my head was he was that. No, I, th I think I think he wasn't perfect. You know, no one's perfect. Maybe they'll say that because their theology is kind of getting made up on the spot because they've never really weighed these things out. Usually, most of the time, it's really thin. Is Jesus God? And they might look up and go, hmm, I think. No, I don't think. I don't know if he's God. Or maybe, yeah, okay, sure, he's God, you know. But it's not like this deep commitment where the early church was like the apostles would die for these claims. They would literally die rather than recant these claims. But to a pop Christian, it's it's almost as though religion is a smorgasbord or a, a buffet where you go and you kind of take different pieces you like. And maybe you take, maybe your plate has a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of New Age, a little bit of like sort of general cultural stuff baggage and then you got some christian christian stuff on there too so you figure you're christian um it's sad because it's you ever see lemmings you know the idea of a lemming where they where they follow the crowd off a cliff like the lemmings are kind of just they just walk off a cliff together because that's where the crowd's going you're not so much mad at them as you just see how tragic it is if you ask did jesus rise bodily from the dead this is probably not considered super essential to a pop christian even though it was worth dying over to the early church and it's central to the truth of who Jesus is. Like if you love Jesus, you care about these truths about Jesus. Generally pop Christianity has like a low view of Christ, you know, like his, his, his glory, his goodness, his holiness, and they have a low view of sin and they have a high view of self. And these go together. Um, so Christianity actually teaches humility, high view of God's goodness and glory, holiness, Christ, and sort of a low view of self. Like I know I'm made in the image of God, but boy, I've got problems. And I need God's grace every day. And I'm saved by his pure kindness. I deserve judgment. These are pretty humbling truths, but they make Christians into 
people that are a blessing to those around them because they're not arrogant and they're and they're hopefully God willing, kind and gracious and forgiving to others. But pop Christianity reverses that. Um, it elevates man and it lowers God, so to speak. And ultimately, when you when you really get down to it, like if Jesus isn't strange to you, if Jesus isn't at all intimidating to you, you might be a pop Christian. Because you look at Jesus and think he's basically me with a beard and longer hair. <laughs> it's like, that's what he's looked like. You know, he kind of is me. He would march in the gay pride parade because I feel that that's a good thing. Right. Forget what he says. Forget what scripture says about any of that stuff. Like there's no real judgment except towards those religious people. They get judged, but nobody else. Because um, Jesus no loves everyone. Jesus loves everybody. And by love, we mean accept. Yeah. Yeah, we mean accept. So this is deeply concerning because the gospel itself is absent in pop Christianity. So the person of Christ is, is a flexible sort of shape changing mirror image of, of sort of an idealized version of self. I'm not discovering him in the Bible. I'm projecting an idealized version of me onto Jesus. Um, but the gospel itself ends up being unnecessary because that kind of judgment would never really happen anyways. So it's favor, God's favor, but without God's grace. It's God's love, but without God's holiness. And so it ends up being a, a lot of problem. Uh, when it comes to authority, the attitude towards scripture is, here's what I, I'm going to, I love to hear your thoughts on this, Alan. My theory is this, their attitude towards scripture is this. Um, if they know very little about the Bible, they'll have a high attitude about the Bible. The more they know about the Bible, the more they realize the Bible doesn't agree with them. <laughs> and so right. they have a low view of the Bible. Yeah. So it's kind of like the higher their, edu their, their education on scripture is, the lower their view of it is because they have to find a way to disagree with it in a lot of important places. Um, and then they become progressives. So I would say pop Christians who are, they are, they go to a church that's just really shallow or they're not, you know, they're just kind of like shallow. They wouldn't define themselves very carefully on things, but the ones who uh, have that real low view of the Bible and they just disagree with it, they're now being called progressive Christians. That's the term that is being used by them. Um, they, their ultimate authority is going to be self, uh, not the Bible. Um, it's a hodgepodge of religion. Jesus and the Bible are referenced to some degree, but the real authority is me. Culture and life experience, and then my own sort of opinions thrown in there. Boom, that's my religion. So the religion of pop Christians will always reflect the culture they live in mm -hmm. and not this strange mm -hmm. thing called the Bible mm -hmm. that was written thousands of years ago. It's going to very much reflect the things that they're going through now. Their main concerns are going to be reflected by the main concerns of their political party and not mm. the main concerns of, say, the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. It's it's all going to be like that. Um, true Christianity is not like that, though. It doesn't look like me at all. It's constantly making me change. Jesus is confronting me. I'm like being told I have to shift the way I view these things. So their morality is going to reflect cultural norms, not biblical holiness. Like I said, sex before marriage, not yeah. a big deal because that's cultural norm now. Whereas 100 years ago, the pop Christian would have been opposed to that because culture that's, was opposed to that. That's right. That's right. Not because Jesus was, right? Because culture was. LGBTQ, all that stuff, they're going to be very much on, usually on the, the liberal side of those issues. Yep. Abortion's okay. And it's, it's actually bad. It's actually mean to fight against it, even though from any reading of the scripture, you, you have to be pro-life. Yeah. Like you, you just have to be like, I don't have a choice. This is, yep. this is where the Bible points me Yeah, because it's personalized and culturalized. God tends to become an approval machine for you instead of your judge and your Lord. He's, he's the approval machine. And so we have pop Christianity has its favorite pastors, the ones who 
either champion my political causes that may not be biblical, or they just they just stay away from anything other than God is for you. God love God. You know, bless I have a feeling you're not going to give any names. <laughs> yeah. What's that? I have a feeling you're not going to name any of them. <laughs> oh, oh, well, Joel Osteen would be one of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm a, about to say, I'm yeah, not, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind stepping in the hot water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, if I lose, yeah. yeah. If I lose followers, then that's okay. I probably yeah. too many anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. But, um, but I mean, he would be one. I, 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 I think he would be one who leans that way at least. Yeah. Um, maybe he wouldn't call him a pop Christian, but his teaching would appeal to pop Christians in my opinion. Right. right. Um, but it tends to be about self-improvement, earthly success, and total acceptance on, on the part of God. That's like the teachings focused. Um, and the authority is always going to be me. It's just so sad. I think for approaching uh, pop Christians, I want to get them reading the Bible more than anything, more than anything. Because when they encounter the real Jesus in scripture, it's they're they're going to be like, I didn't know that. Mm. I didn't. And it's like, they're so shallow. This will take them deep. So I just really want them to read the Bible. So I'm going to send, I'm going to send them like, I'm going to give them a Bible as a gift. Why not buy them a Bible as a gift? Hey, man, they're going to be open to that because they probably have a somewhat high view of scripture. Give them, give them like a easy translation, like new living translation. Give them like a new, new believers Bible, even something that's real simple with little helps. Um, get them reading, send them videos because they won't maybe listen to you, but they might watch a video and listen to that all the way through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They tend to think holiness is rude and God's and righteousness is, 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 um, is offensive. So, you know, that's a challenge to overcome that your, your goal is to show them that it's beautiful, show them that holiness is good. Um, there's tremendous persuasion in a confident Christian who's informed and who lovingly stands on the gospel, like where they're not irritated, they're just confident. Now God is good. God is holy. And that, and that's, that's important for us to understand. And, you know, um, yeah, they tend to have a strong sense of justice, but a really loose application of what it means. So, yeah, Alan, what do you think? What are your thoughts on these things? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's very sad, you know, and I've, I've wrestled with this question for years is why is it that some Christians really grow and just take root and, and take off and others just kind of stay right where they are? And I think I think it comes down to, you know, um, I'll be honest with you guys, the best way I could put it is when you engage with the Bible, it is going to cost you something. It is going, you're going to have to sacrifice something that you, that's going to make you feel good. That's going to make you happy. That's perfect example. Whenever I was a single guy, do you think for one second I enjoyed being celibate? No. Come on, man. Who enjoys being celibate as a single person? Nobody, right? So I had a choice. I could either bend the Bible and make it say what I thought I wanted it to say so that I could have the freedom to do what I wanted to do. They'd be like, oh, well, that's old school. And where in the Bible does it really say you can't have sex before marriage? I mean, that's, you know, that's Old Testament. And hey, even if you do, it's not like you're going to go to hell. So it's, you know, I could have made all those excuses. Or I could say, you know what? God, this is what your word says. I don't like it, but it's right here. And I, I mean, I see it so clearly. Right. So this is something I think we all have to be on on guard with is when the Lord reveals something to you in the scriptures, are you resistant towards it or are you receptive towards it? Right. Resistant means uh, I want to bend it and make it make it work with my lifestyle because my lifestyle is here. And that's the reason why a lot of people, they just 
they want God, but they don't want too much of God, right? They want they want they want the benefits of God and all of that, but like God don't really require me to do too much. And that, be careful. If that describes you, be careful because the Lord wants all of you. He doesn't just want your finances. He wants your, your sexuality. He wants your, your, your finances. He wants your relationships. He wants your, your heart. He wants your mind. He wants all of you. And we can't compartmentalize our Christian life. Okay, God, I'm going to give you this, but I'm going to remain, I'm going to retain control over this part of my life. And I think that's where I see a lot of people kind of struggling is they just, they just don't want to release full control to the Lord because they're afraid that if I do, God is going to ask me to give up something that I know I don't want to give up. And so therefore, I'm just not going to engage and get that close to God. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, God give us wisdom. I, I feel like this is the when I say pop Christianity, I feel like this is the most pervasive and concerning uh, that we want to address and we'll be ready to talk about and try to think of ways to talk about. Like, I mean, I'm planning ways in the future on my own channel on how to reach this group because they're not clicking for Bible teaching. No, but there are certain topics I might be able to cover that would bring them in. Right. And then maybe connect them to that Bible teaching and then get them deep, That's deep, exactly. you know, and bless them. So, yeah. Well, you, you just done, <laughs> you just uncovered my whole plan on YouTube. That's my whole, that's my whole, that's my whole model, right? Is to, yeah. is to do those types of videos, guys, that I hope will get the attention of the average Christian. And then when they get in there, they see, oh, okay, he's got, you know, videos on how to study the Bible. He's got videos going through the book of James verse by verse. He's got videos, you know, this and that. Because Mike and I know that ultimately, yeah, we can do all those trendy videos and we do them sometimes. But one thing I do like about Mike as well as myself, like, well, I'll just say this. Uh, well, I'll say, how can I say this? Um, uh, we, we understand, you know, people need people need biblical truth. You know, we, we do we do trending videos, but we, we try to do them with the intent of um, of using those those videos to bring in an audience to take them deeper somewhere else, because we know that just doing those pop Christian kind of hot topics isn't going to be enough to grow someone spiritually. They need more than milk. They need meat. And that's what they need.